Welcome to another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. Ward. Mike. What was that? <laughs> I was going to ask that same thing. Uh, and Steve. <laughs> Ward did, like, a weird flex thing. I think he shit himself. Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened there, but hey, I guess we're going to do a good start each as usual. Each to their own. Each to their own. Man, I was uh, I was talking with Barry the other day. I just, I just realized this, and he was listening to our podcast, and his <laughs> wife's like, wow, those guys really do swear. Like a lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, no, it was Tom, Tom swears. Well, I find it was Tom swears a lot. <laughs> so are we turning over a new leaf? We're gonna, we're gonna make. Fuck it PG. no, <laughs> no, man. We committed to not being PG. We are. There's no turning back now. What yeah. was it? Eight seconds, I think we lasted in episode one. Our back catalog is not, yeah, clean at all. Yeah, it's no, not good. It's, yeah. yeah, can you imagine how much work it would take for Dan to censor that? Oh, it'd be years. Because, like, I wouldn't do it. There's there's 100 <laughs> episodes we had now. How many we at? Uh, no, like 78 or something. Still, that's pretty good. Considering I probably there. drop about 15 to 30 squares an episode. That's real conservative. Each like episode being bomb. around the hour to two hours, I'd say that would be at least two Andromeda playthroughs. <laughs> <laughs> One and a half, because apparently it's a long playthrough. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, speaking of which... What has everybody been up to this week? <laughs> yeah. So, well, to be fair, Dan, you've only been you've only had Andromeda for like eighteen hours. I played until five a.m. Oh, that's good for your we, work. Were you building your oh, that's character right. you until? Off, didn't you? He has yeah. a week off. Oh, Did that take bastard. you how long to build your character? Or oh, well, the building character <laughs> thing like that only took like twenty minutes because you get like no options. You get the preset faces. You can't completely changed. I guess they wanted to lock in like, they wanted you to look like the characters you're supposed to be related to. Uh, so the preset faces that you then customize are all like, pretty locked in and you're just like, I can move the mouth up and down a little bit, but it looks horrible if you touch it. And like, can you, sweet haircuts. Can you also make them look brutally derpy like in all the other Mass Effect games? Because that's I've important. I've seen a few where it's like, let's just make it so there is literally no gap between nose and mouth. <laughs> See, no filter them for you. My favorite was to make Shepard like super pale and super like bleach blonde bro haircut. <laughs> that was an awful look. With like a must the mustache. Anytime you do sliders all the way in one direction is always a real bad idea. Yes. Maxing or minning out the sliders was always a good time. I yeah. pinned that shit hard. You get some like mongoloid bro Eminem haircut going on. You're just yeah. like, no, Shepard, what happened? <laughs> but he's the real Slim Shady. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I have not played Andromeda yet, and I actually did get some hobbying done. Ooh, what did you do? Know, nice. I got well. I worked a little bit on commissions, and I got a little bit more done on my Dragiri. Not a ton. But I'd made a little bit of progress on my Dragiri. And I will I will tout it as a lot more than Ward. Okay. Alright. No, no, no. That's Steve, not really Steve. an accomplishment. I expect you to hold yourself to a standard. What's my standard? <laughs> Higher than me, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's kind of me. Well, you're really short, so. Oh, that's yeah, what, What's standard. the standard that I'm holding myself to? Um, using any measurement other than comparing yourself to Ward to measure Whoa, progress. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> oh, pick me. I will never pick my <laughs> <laughs> myself on for hobby progress. Uh, that would be insane. 
Like you is me. You got more done than me this week. Oh, good. Really? So, so did you get anything done then? I got a bunch more work done on my drop fleet, where it's it's almost there. Nice. So it's awesome. Oh, uh, do you know, you know who has a completed drop fleet army? Oh, you do. Oh, that would be me. <coughs> Ward, we are not going down this road. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, towards his goals, we should. Ward's already there. Anyways, no, he's got to do his bus jet. I got to do two busts. Yeah, and I believe it was. I believe I challenged you to do two armies this year. No, let's go. We'll you know go, what though? We'll go he's going to get two done like within the first month of the year. He got one done, and he's got five models to paint for uh, Dark, Age. Dark Age. I'm still doubtful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Mike, Man, how about you this week? It's going to be bad. Uh, this week, I crow. just finished uh, 20 Fire Slayers, but I also laid down all the foundation and colors for about 1,000 points worth of Scourge and Draw Fleet and about 2,000 points of PHR. So is this over and above what you already have for your Scourge? Yeah. Okay, because it was like 1,000 points. Are you starting another new army? or No, I just have a lot scourge. of Scourge. He's doubling up his Scourge. Gotcha, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. They're not very good for magnetizing because... The two front plates are like maybe a couple of millimeters thick. Oh. And there's maybe four so millimeters no in between the two plates that come together. So you literally can't fit a magnet in. Yeah, yeah. No, it, you could, but it to me it's really not worth it. I'm just going to buy another box of cruisers, buy yeah. another box of frigates and dine. Yeah, That's your, time's, why your time's worth something. Mike, yeah. is, Mike is a dink. It doesn't matter, right? So. Wow. Wow, where did Double that come income, from? No kids. Double income, no kids. Yeah, that's true, I am. <laughs> Whereas myself, I magnetized my battleship. <laughs> okay, more. I'm the opposite of Dink. I am works for a not-for-profit. I'm not done yet. And lives by himself. Oh, he's not, not done. Oh, no, no, there's oh. all that. And then plus okay. I got back into doing drop zone stuff. Good. So there's probably about 300 points worth of scourge. I'm like... A couple hours from finishing. Nice. And I'm back on the PHR digital camo. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to get all that stuff done, and that's halfway through the spring. And a bag of nice. potato chips? And a bag, what? And half a strong bow. Well, all that in a never, bag. Never mind. Yeah, got it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Don't worry. Thank we you. just mocked you yeah. a little bit. Okay. Are, are you, you good? Now I'm done. Now I'm done. Oh, all right. <laughs> I feel a little stressed out after listening to that. Within a week, I should have 40 done. That's stressing me out. Uh, Lord. <laughs> well, I had hobby ADD and I jumped around a lot uh, this uh, last two weeks. So I cleaned all of my BattleTech models, and then Dan gave me six more BattleTech models. So now I'm not done. I can't say. Yeah, you're never going to be done. No, it's there's always be. more coming. It's a never-ending cycle. Um, I started cleaning my uh, beaver model. <laughs> yes, you're, you're trimming your beaver. The beaver, the bust. Yes, yeah, I was the bust. I was cleaning it up a little bit. So well. <laughs> just stop it. Stop. <laughs> You've been waiting. You've been thinking about this all day. I've been thinking about the beaver all day. <laughs> Man, that just makes. Me, I'm going to listen to Primus while I'm working on my beaver. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was working on that. Uh, I was working on some of my dark age. Yes, you'll be happy. So over and above okay, what so. I saw, like, like yes. paint. Yeah. Nope, just still finishing. There's so many little fiddly bits on those sons of bitches. Yeah, it's, they're actually uh, kind of crazy, actually. So they couldn't sculpt a top knot on the guy. That has to be a separate piece. So on your cocoa quatzels. On my uh, Kuka Kani warriors. On your cocoa crisps. <laughs> Yes. I'm not sure. Yes. To a Mayan. (laughs) (laughs) Or to the, well, not the Oakland Athletics anymore. No, no. (laughs) Who's Uh, he with now? He's with Cleveland. Pretty sure. Anyways. He moved around a bit. Yeah. 
Coco, Coco Crisp is a baseball player, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and part of your balance breakfast. <laughs> 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 yes. I don't know if I like that breakfast. So <laughs> both are true. When are we going to be able to play a game with your Kukul Kani? Uh We could probably do something next week. Good. So. Good. No, your yeah. your best response would be Kukul Kool. Kukul I am really excited yes. about Dark Age. I've only got a chance to play Forsaken because uh, Dale's got like the only other list around. So far, yeah. So, so. far, and I want to play some well, different been, factions because they're all super different. I've already been messaged like, hey, where did you get your uh, Dark Age stuff? So Good. So Lost people, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game in, is so put in, put in your order, and, and fucking fast, and it swings pretty heavily. Yes, if you can uh, roll ones and just spike <laughs> critical hits, you lose. It happened to me when I had Dale tabled. Like, nothing left other than one shitty weaponsmith against my main character, like the Amabilia, who's way better. She's like 200 points, weaponsmith's like, I don't know, 25. I call her James, James, this is a game for you. I know you're listening. Rolling ones is a good thing. Yeah. Get into Dark Age. And I have been been deciding to not put out the fire because the flamethrowers lit Amabilia on fire. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to kill everything. Doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm just going to burn and I'll be fine. So I kept losing a few hit points each time while murdering the entire army as she's on fire. She's down to one hit point. I'm like, I got this. I got four action points. It's not a problem. I'll be able to kill that weaponsmith. No problem. It'll be good. I Dale went won the initiative roll, so you have to go first. I was like, that's fine. I'll make my armor. She can usually sidestep stuff. It's okay. Rolls the one for the critical hit. Can't sidestep it. Can't roll your armor. And I'm just dead. I was like... You're kidding me. No, this did not happen. It was so ridiculous. Well, then our game, we were playing, and I I basically destroyed your entire army, except Amabilia. Spider bitch. And then she ran train against my she whole She is army. insanely good. <laughs> Anyways, the game's fun. Yeah. That's the right. point. Dan? Uh, yeah, for me, it was mostly doing some battle tech, like cleaning and priming and stuff like that, getting the next batch of models ready for airbrush. Nice. And then getting my computer ready for Andromeda. It, yeah, I understand that. It was like a 50-plus gig download, so on my little partition solid-state drive, it's like, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Delete all the things. I'm doing that download right now. Nice. Yeah. And, After podcast, I'll be playing. And yeah, once that, once that occurred, then pretty much nothing else. So. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. I guess on top of the drop fleet stuff, I did also um, run a Malfo tournament. Nice. So that went really well. You TO'd. I did. That's exciting. That's something nobody around here ever does. (laughs) Ward. Just oddly staring at Ward. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just make it really awkward for everyone. That's creepy. Stare into your soul. That's true. Well, and I really hope that our awkward pauses make it awkward for the listener as well. Right, James? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) You wrecked it. Damn it. All right, anyway. What else you get done? Oh, fuck. I was hoping we were all going to be on the same page <laughs> for that one. Uh, well, that was really it. Um, and I just I played a ton of games, to be honest with you, in the last two weeks. That's pretty good, hobbying. Uh, I, I like, I played a couple games of Drop Fleet. I played a couple games of Drop Zone since our last podcast. Oh, yeah, um, you played against played Elliot? played three games of Malifo. Yeah. No Drop Squad. Oh, Drop Squad. <laughs> I want Drop Squad so I guess bad. we, yeah, we played a lot because we were here on, what, Thursday? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like so I played some Blood Bowl then too. Yeah, we've got some games in this. Oh one. yeah, I played. Yeah, against yeah. You, yeah, I actually so, took yeah, out yeah. your Hades, which oh, made me really happy. I think that's the first time he's died. So I'm surprised you killed that thing. That thing is ridiculous. Surprisingly easily too. What? I don't understand. I would say easily. Yeah. So I got really? I got worked in. It was just like yeah. four. Uh, well, to, I guess it was four Hannibal's and an Alexander. Just like 
we have no other targets, I guess, because the rest of the army's dead. So they're just like two turns of just unloading on this thing. Okay, that's not easily four Hannibals and an Alexander for two turns. I yeah, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. But it, it was well, it was nice because the Cyclones uh, in my last two games, my Cyclones have been fucking rock stars. Where that Hornet's Nest, especially against single damage or like hull point vehicles, yeah, is devastating. Because if it's within six inches with two Cyclones left, it can do the large blast yeah. at energy 10. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, you get some chance for a potential double damage, too, if you're, if you're I guess, against, like, uh, Scourge. No, Scourge have decent armor. No, Scourge, you can double damage. You can double damage because they're, what, you armor need seven? They're armor eight for a lot of them. Eight, yeah, because in the shell target, you're sevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. He doesn't like my new Scourge unit, though. What? The What's Corruptors with the... Yeah, Corruptors are good. Okay, that's just because we played that scenario <laughs> where... So I'm looking at the bo- the new book, and I'm like, what would be a fun scenario that doesn't require the new... Can we like, just second the Corruptors? Buildings. Are they the worm shooters? Yeah. yeah. The worms? yeah, yeah and yeah, so there's yeah. one scenario where worm it's... torpedoes, the worst kind of torpedoes. It's intel, right? <laughs> this is in um, Reconquest Phase 2. Yeah. So every building has intel, and if oh, you roll a that's six... brutal. So you just no, no. And if you roll a six... It becomes a focal point. And I was like, that sounds really cool. I don't know what Mike's taking. I've got my so list. So he's got worms in all the buildings. All the buildings. <laughs> so there was, I think it was about like halfway through turn two where I'm like looking at Mike's pile of eight intel tokens and my pile of five. And he was lined up to get like another six in the next turn and a half. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to kill him. <laughs> he so did. I did. Like just straight up obliter murder really? all of his things, but lost brutally on scenario. Yeah, that makes sense. Those those worm shooters are ridiculous, and you get a you know, nobody wants a case of worms. Yeah, you do. Except Mike. It's good. It's healthy. It's good for you. It cleans your system out, man. Great way to lose weight. The razor worms. <laughs> Giant five hundred pound speedy worms of death. Yeah, um, they're great. Know, they man. clean your system out. Oh, they'll clean you right out. They'll make you regular <laughs> <laughs> into paste. Yeah. To regular paste. <laughs> regular paste. Um, so all right. Like we, uh, we all got some hobbying done. And some games. Oh, and we played another game of Battletech since the last podcast. Jesus. Oh, yeah. oh I thought we were going to miss that part this time. Okay, go. No, I, I have actually, in the last two and a half weeks, you I played... have embraced. <laughs> this weekend was the first weekend in March that I did not play Battletech. Oh. That's it was a, a little sad, deal. I'm not going to lie. Although, admittedly, after <laughs> last podcast, we realized I could play one Timberwolf. I'm kind of kind of into this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one Timberwolf that is way too ridiculous. Yeah, which is going to, like, really just come down to dice rolls because yeah. it could do... But isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, the, the problem is, though, is that as your pilot skill and everything else goes up, it's not like you're getting harder to hit. You're just that much yeah, more likely to obliterate things. 0% I love defensively. It. I love it. So glass yeah. cannon. Outnumbered, 100%. outnumbered glass cannon. 100%. It's like playing Dark Eldar. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's Can't like playing a Harlequin, a Harlequin versus a squad of Space Marines. A single Harlequin? Single or like, Harlequin. Or like Solitaire? Um, solitaire against 10 Terminators? Solitaire still is Toughness 3. Just Eternal Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> awesome. And, so, all the way and apparently the key to winning at that game is never let Tom roll on the same damage location twice. Oh my god, like, his mechs were so... Like, you look at the sheets, and there'd be, like, one or two boxes <laughs> left in everywhere. everywhere. So they're fine. It's like, yeah, like, the my raven at the end of one game, which was getting chased around by his battlemaster, which is, like, three times the size. But, uh, so the raven had, like, 
one point of health left in one leg, two points of health left in the other. One of its torsos was gone. Its center torso had like two points of health left. Its other torso's all fucked up. Its arms all fucked up. Its heads all fucked up. But it's still alive. <laughs> and of course, like my thunderbolt <laughs> after around, my thunderbolt me. took like maybe a third of the damage boxes, and then he got a crit into a into critted a, his crit. LRM yeah. ammo. And oh. Yeah, so just. Gone. <laughs> oh, take, take 120 damage to your center torso, Tom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so it was really funny. Um, but lo- again, like any other Battletech night, um, definitely like enhanced. Any other Battletech night? <laughs> enhanced. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's going to sound normal in a second. It was enhanced by whiskey. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm, I understand now. Uh, speaking of drinking... We should move on to what we bought this week, because I bought stuff while drinking with you. What the fuck are you talking about? When at, uh, shut up and take my money. We should move on to that. No, no, I, I know that, but, like, this segue... Like, was, it was a brutal segue. I'll that was that. the it worst. Was it was bad. And it's been a tough day. Really, I have more questions than answers now. <laughs> we were at uh, um, Paint Night. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. And yeah, yeah. Paint Night usually devolves into... Buying things, yeah, basically encouraging, encouraging other people in the paint group to buy other stuff to paint. Did you order uh, more dark age? No. <laughs> well, yeah, I did, but that's also on a different night while also drinking and playing games. <laughs> uh, was that on Saturday? I was detecting a pattern here. Yeah, it's bad. Um, we have when multiple. Did, when problems. did you order on Saturday? Where was I? You were there. Dale's uh, got the list. We're putting it in order. Okay. Kyle's got some stuff. Will I get a... Do you need some stuff? Yeah. I gotta send him stuff. a list. All right. Then okay. we'll go. Okay. I don't think he's ordered quite yet. Okay. I'll so message him. You should do it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I picked up a bunch of the new uh, Infinity Bus that Ward's on for a Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I can't remember the name. Luxumbra. Luxumbra and uh, Jonah Bark. Yes. Uh, you. Uh, they had the four uh, bus to start off with. The uh, Nomad... Or the... Mobile Brigada, yep. Tiger Soldier, uh, I don't Hack remember Slam, the other Slam character, and uh, the seventy-five mil. Sorry, the seventy-five mil. That wasn't the, the, the original set. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, that wasn't one that was unlocked. And, and then there was um, a witch, uh, witch doctor. I thought it was unlocked. Or no, the, sorry, that was unlocked afterwards. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think they've hit everything for their stretch goals. They yeah, the last. 48 hours was just like... Yeah, they hit their 130,000, like, max I think target. That, well, they, they upped two more, so they really? upped it to 150,000, so you could get a Morlock 75 mil fig. Oh, that's uh, sweet. Morlock could be badass. Yeah, so... But yeah, so I've got those coming, and I also got some of their sweet uh, stands for the busts. They've got, like, these uh, neat bent-up metal, um, very minimalist stands. So I am super excited to uh, paint up both of the busts, um, especially Luxombra. So supposedly uh, August is uh, delivery date. So um, with Kickstarters, with Kickstarters, you never know. You so, add fifty percent. Yeah. So I'm expecting maybe Christmas. Christmas, Christmas would be a better there. estimation. So I know, which is upsetting because I really had a lot of fun painting that last bus, and I'm looking forward to doing these ones like more than anything because they're sci-fi miniatures and. Well sculpted. A lot of the sci-fi busts I find are a little corny. Um, but we also we also sweet. got uh, Mike on that, so he's getting the seventy-five mil fig. That's right. You yeah. also got in on that order. Yeah. That and seventy-five mil Nujing. Yeah, uh, and the yeah. Uh, also with the package that I got, uh, you're also going to get a custom base for it. Yeah, I thought I said yes to that too. Yeah, 
but sure. Well, I good thing. Good thing that <laughs> we're gonna go that okay. route. Okay, yeah. So. Thanks, man. And then Barry is getting a stand as well for his uh, bus that he picked up from uh, Dallas, actually. So. So that's my shut up and take my money. There you go. I'm pretty stoked about Mikey? that. Mikey. Well, I got some of their Kickstarter. I also <laughs> bought a bunch of stuff at Mission. Uh, some more PHR just to fill it out for Drop Fleet. I also ordered some uh, Drop Zone stuff from the Requan Quest 2 book for PHR. And uh, yeah, that's it for now. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like a productive week. Do you have anything other than those busts, Ward? Uh, yeah, I, I got those. Uh, I'm going to be jumping, I guess, in uh, with some Dark Age here right away. And then uh, Warsnall actually just also released uh, some more terrain, the Lopan Noodle Hut. So yeah, that's pretty you, sweet. So if you want more noodles, go to Lopan's. These noodles don't fly, though. These are non-flying noodles. Is this to go with that, that fat... You this okay, is fat, yeah, yeah. fat yan yan, yeah. So I'm not 100% sure. It's if an I actual miniature for yeah. Infinity. Yeah. Basically, it's a jump trooper eating noodles. And, uh, man, I hate Infinity, but I want to play it just for the The terrain is terrain. awesome, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so that just came up, so I'm probably going to be picking up uh, that at some point as well in the near future. A well done Infinity. Oh, that does look nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Some, you have the best that's their paint job, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's for some sure. Some of the stuff so. that people have done is absolutely heads and shoulders above pretty much Oh, did you, I Hopefully, these banners come with it because I don't know if you saw it, but there's Egg Foo Young Tours. Egg Fu. Oh, no, it's Egg Shen. Oh, That's the but it's a thrill. It's a, yeah. It's Egg Shen and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> Remakes on the way. It's Actually, close. unless you were trolling me, Dan. No, as far as I know, that's a legitimate list of <gasps> crazy-ass oh, remakes. That's oh, no. Uh, with <laughs> The Rock? Oh, no. Really? <laughs> as who? Was that Actually, that might really I feel work. Like, I feel like half the movies on that list were starring The Rock, but I don't know if that one. <laughs> well, you told me it was starring The Rock, so. That sounds about right. That would get my money. Who is he playing? Who do you think? Kurt Russell's character? Or, yeah. Or way better if he was playing Egg Shed. <laughs> no. No, I, I imagine not. <laughs> I would hope, I that, like, like, I hope that he would be one of the, the thunders, one of the storms. It would be so cool if they like <laughs> tried to go serious and got like Donnie Yen or somebody as Egg Shen. <laughs> serious until you hear his name. You're like, ooh, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, how about you? Uh, for me, some of the only stuff that I actually picked up this week was, uh, well, big sur- big surprise, they did not have any panel liner left at Hobby Wholesale. Oh. <laughs> I told you to go to comics. I know, but I didn't, <laughs> because I needed to buy Vallejo Air Paints. So One I bought the Vallejo shop. Air gotcha. Paints. Nice. That's Wait, was it the metallics or just the regular? Uh, it was just restocking, yeah. like, the black, the um, German red-brown or whatever it is, like the undercoat color that I used. That for is the best under coat color ever. It is so good. So I picked it up in the 60 mil pot. I was like looking at the, what, the 200 mil one and I'm like, no, this is a little excessive because the other one lasted me like six months and I don't know if I need like 15 times that much. So, Well, maybe if you're going to go heavy, heavy battle tech, <laughs> like just quit your job, play battle tech. I imagine that's probably not a good call. I don't need a lot of convincing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was really just picking up Can we make money doing that? Uh, I'm going to go, gonna go with no. no. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not, not really. Resounding no, in fact. Damn. <laughs> I feel like that would cost a lot of money. Uh, the opportunity the cost would be pretty high as well. Yes. I'll give you that one. I was going to say the miniatures, depending on which ones you buy, could cost you very little. <laughs> on the second-hand market. Yeah, we're not getting the Ironwind Metals ones. 
No, 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 never. If you okay. say I have to switch, I'll just quit. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to get one of their urban mechs because they amuse the living hell out of me. I'm going to get, like, the Imp and the Flashman and all the other, like... <laughs> Some of the really bad the other ones. garbage can mechs? Yeah. Is there I, actually a mech called the Flashman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is now added into my army. Timberwolf and a single Flashman. <laughs> this is why Battletech is amazing. Like, it's one of those things where, having played the game now and had the models, like, I do kind of take it seriously. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I only to a point. I, <laughs> I kind of take it seriously. Pretty soon, this is going to be an entire Battletech podcast, and it's going to be like hardcore tournament play. Steve, you're going to wake up one day, like just in the middle of a podcast, and it's just Battletech. Just all Battletech. Because I was going to wake up like in my bed, surrounded by like Battletech minis, like just no. really careful on. Very weird. We're good friends with your wife. We could totally make this happen. <laughs> What have I done? <laughs> All right, Tom. Weird. I like it. Uh, How about you? Mine's kind of an oddball. Uh, I ran into some friends of mine uh, the other day, and they've actually started a vinyl toy manufacturing company where they like design these vinyl toys that they're going to be getting them first as blanks, where you can paint them yourself. Okay. So they're called King Hideous Toys, and they're just like starting to make these super fucked up looking models. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That looks interesting. Like, it's just super fucked up. Like, it's... And there's another photo where it's showing, like, the gore and the brains and everything. <laughs> and, like, just... If you get, like, yeah. Like, the brain gore and, like, this really twisted-looking monster. Who's sculpting those? Uh, my buddy... I, ca- I can't remember who's actually the one sculpting it, but it's my friends, Brendan Tom. And they're actually going to Japan tomorrow hmm. because they're getting these actually manufactured in, at a company in Japan. Because yeah. believe it or not, that's one of the premier places for vinyl toy manufacturing. I am not shocked in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. Didn't that see it coming. Seem weird at all. <laughs> so, and they're going to be getting them hopefully in the next, uh, um, like at least a mock-up or one of the early prints in the next month or two. That could be fun to paint because it's so different. You can and basically do whatever the hell you want. Almost yeah. like art. Uh, like some sort of, I don't know, modernist art type thing. Well, these things were, they weren't necessarily like big fucked up weird monsters with gore, but they had those weird little, I can't remember, I've been trying oh, to remember what the, they're called. The Chiba toys. Or whatever the little they were, Chibi like, stuff. The, yeah, yeah, like the little blank. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. They almost had like. But they came in just, they were like the solid white and people would paint them. Yeah. Uh, but they did not look like crazy horror genre shenanigans. There was a uh, clothing store down in White Ave that sold them and had a whole yeah. bunch. Uh, what the hell are they called? I know exactly what you're talking about. This is bothering me. It's yeah, I think my sister. My brain. My sister's like ten years ago had some or something. Yeah, kind of neat. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm really excited to actually see that in person, and uh, I think it would be just something really fun to work on doing some really fun airbrush stuff and some yeah. and getting working more with some of the YooHoo gore effects and that kind of thing. Yeah. On a model like that. Yeah. Just for giggles, right? Yep. Because, uh, again, I think like we're talking about as part of the goals is just having fun with the hobby again. And I think picking up completely random things like that um, that are, you know, they're they're pretty related to what we do, but a, a little bit more of a corner case. Well, that's exactly the same reason that I had so much fun painting that bust. It has nothing to do with gaming. I just thoroughly enjoy painting it. Yeah. Right? Just different. And so I think it'd be really fun to airbrush that and, like... I think that could be kind of fun to play with some metallics and candies and all kinds of weird, make it look like some kind of like cyborg-y zombie monster. I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I don't know if I'll pick one up, but I'd like to see what you do with it. Yeah, and I'm curious to see them in person, right? Like, yeah. the fact that they're coming as blanks, 
is really cool. Yep. Agreed. Um, and I'm also curious to see where they go from there, because I have no way of predicting where it's going to go, but I feel like it's going to be fucked up, and I like that. <laughs> yep, that's hopefully right. that's what they're after. Cool. So, uh, may as well jump into the first top. We kind of alluded to it uh, a little bit when we were kind of talking about playing some Drop Fleet, but uh, Mike, why don't you lead us in talking about the Escal- Escalation League? That's well, going a couple on. of weeks ago, we started the uh, Drop Zone Escalation League at Mission Fun and Games. Uh, actually, Drop Fleet, re- though. yeah, Drop Fleet. Sorry. But the really amazing thing for me is this is a brand new game, and we had 10 people show up for the Escalation League. And everybody was having a great time playing. We had all the mats laid out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, This was on a Sunday afternoon at Mission, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, which is surprising for an Escalation League. I could see that, you know, 10 people coming out for a tournament or whatever else. Yeah. But an Escalation League is kind of surprising. Like shocking. I remember working at GW. Whenever you do the Escalation League, you'd get two people. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. I guess new game. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, because you wouldn't necessarily have a huge group of people starting at the same time otherwise. But a brand yeah. new game, everyone's on the same footing. Yeah, that's awesome for the very first day. And usually, like the armies building, uh, building levels are usually fairly similar at the same time. Like nobody has like a massive fleet, right? Everybody yeah. or everybody. understands the game. You got that one guy that's exactly. just crushing you. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of hard to do five hundred though. But uh, you says like, the man that crushed me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you asked for it. You wanted it. <laughs> You're very crushable. So Thanks, Daniel. Obviously, it was 500 but points. But just hold on. In my defense, you didn't even read the rules before you came or even play a game before you came. <laughs> I didn't even know how my armor was built before I got there. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You literally just showed up with ships. Yeah, like, I hope this works. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, yes. I was like teach me the game. It works with him in Battletech, too. Well, I feel like Battletech barely has rules. Right, oh no, Ooh. it has books and books and books and books and books. So you don't worry about it. the rules you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it the does, final form of GW house rules. It does help when your opponent has never read a single rule on paper before. But Oh, perfect. Um, so it started at 500 points. <laughs> yep, it's going up 250 per week. Is uh, it every week? No, it's every month. Once a month. Because, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, you know what? Something like this, it'll, it'll help draw people, and some people need time to paint, mm-hmm. put together, and buy purchases and whatever. But like I said, really impressed with how many people showed up. And there was three or four people, three people that had fully painted already. Nice. So that was nice. And, and there, was, there was probably close to half a dozen people that I know that picked up the game that weren't even there. Yeah. Yeah. Or that are interested in getting into the game that weren't there. Like... I I was really surprised at just the turnout, right? Like, we yeah. had... Um, they're doing it offsetting weeks where there's drop zone commander on, like, the offsetting two weeks. Oh, I like that. So uh, we had two weeks drop zone. But we only had four players out, including the, like, Trevor who was running it for the first drop zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do the drop fleet and, like, take up almost the entire gaming area at Mission. Nice. That's awesome. So do you guys think it's due to the, like, rule set, miniatures? What's what's the draw? I, honestly, everything. It's the, a, yeah, it's going to be a combination. Honestly, it is a combination because the rules are very... Uh, I can't say they're way better than anything I've played for fleet combats yet, right now. I'm going to put this out here right now. The initiative mechanic in this game is the single best initiative mechanic I've ever played in a game in my entire life. So you're talking like rolling for who moves what no, battle? No, there's no, 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 no. No rolling. Oh, the way it works. Or bidding for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because for anyone that doesn't know, the way it works is your battle groups, you add up the total like hull value or tonnage 
of all the ships in each battle group, and you'll write that on the top of the card. At the beginning of the turn, you take all of your cards, put them in order face down of how you're going to activate your group. Both players flip the card off the top of their deck. Whoever has the lower number can chooses the order of activation for those two. You work through those two activations, then you move on to the next two. Flip the next card in your deck. So you're predetermining the initiative of all your ships. Now this is done every time. turn. Yes. Every turn. It so changes. you're not you're, when you're talking about your deck, you really mean like your battle groups. Yeah, you, it'll be have, between three and six. Yeah, exactly. Cards. I was going to say it's not like you're when you say deck. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of work to do when you no. do initiative. No, no, no. But yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to make the point that it's not cumbersome at all, really. No, and it really rewards. Like if you if you really need to activate this one like super badass battle group at the at the beginning to finish off this little piddly cruiser, um, and you know you put that on the top, uh, your opponent puts up the little piddly cruiser. They can potentially fly it away before the big ass battle group can get to it. Yeah, I like that because again, the big ass battle group with the crazy amount of uh, battleships or whatever. Yeah, because it doesn't lower. Yeah, it gives you that uh, that cumbersome sort of feeling. And I guess, like, Battlefleet Gothic did it by having you required to move a certain distance before you could make a turn, that kind of stuff. But it didn't really have that sort of feel of weightiness about it. And the other thing, too, is it really gives you that feel of you're the admiral of the fleet and you're sending out your orders. But once you do that, it's your fleet kind of reacting to the rest, right? Yeah. There isn't this very cohesive, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want vibe. Which I think is a very unique characteristic to this fleet game, nice. which makes it feel more like a fleet game and less like a, a standard miniature game. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd, I'd buy that. Um, so you're thinking it's rules, and then also the miniatures. I mean, They're everybody's gorgeous. been rave, raving about them. Yeah. So I, and they I go together see. really well, unless you're playing PHR. Really, it's the two hull halves that are just. Long they were nice, there. but I didn't think it was the end of the world. The biggest thing is the seam along the engines. I think. Really, for me, it was on the top of the hull. Like, if, yeah, but if you see, your problem is, is you're cleaning up too much. You're putting a bevel on that edge, and you can't. It has to be perfectly flat to the peak. Otherwise, warts over cleaning. Yeah, that's that pretty might, much. What oh my god, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> but then I reclean, and then it's perfect. So. You bite your tongue. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're thinking you're keeps cleaning the two halves and then beveling the edge, and you glue them together, and you've got basically a, oh, I you're see what you're yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the two halves I did it, I don't have that peak instead of a sharp peak. That's why, yeah. Ward, you should always assemble your miniatures first, and then clean them only when necessary. <laughs> okay, I feel like we can have a hybrid here <laughs> of like more work than nothing and less work than everything. Like, let's let's go for like a little hey, bit of an itty chub. Yeah, I cleaned my models. I cut them off the sprue. But like oh. cleaning all the pieces that you're not going to use is maybe a little extreme. Yeah, there's so ma- there's so many pieces with that. <laughs> I yeah, I learned my lesson after my first two box sets. So my second. You didn't learn it after goblins. Well, you didn't learn it after one. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say one. One, one of the. You didn't sets, say one. You said two. I said two. So oh, I'm we'll go with two. But but to be fair, now I have all those extra pieces that I can use for my next two box sets of cruisers. So who's not yeah, you're still there. Yeah, Ward, still who's there. not thinking? You and you <laughs> not thinking. And all four of us know that you're still going to clean all those sprues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You, you need to be able to sleep at night. <laughs> I got other things I need. I got six more mechs I need to clean now. I got no time. Nobody's got time for that. So when's the next uh, mission uh, escalation day? Uh, for which? April 2nd. Yep. It'll be three weeks from airing of this. April, or two weeks from airing of this. April 2nd. Because this weekend coming up is the next drop zone. April 2nd. April 2. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. And it's so that's what you're saying. I have 
750 points to get ready by then. Yes. Yes. And for the record, there are no painting requirements. That's a box set, pretty much. It's a box set plus a ship or two. And the nice thing about it, jumping only, like, 250 points, like, it's essentially one, like, heavy cruiser, if you want, two two medium to light cruisers, or a bunch of escorts, so... It's not have, crazy to do in a month. I'm going to have a diamond on the main stage. Okay, you can't until after you break a thousand, just so you know. Oh, damn it. So that's going to be week three. I can't make stripper jokes then. No. <laughs> but yes, I totally can. No, you have one gaming oh, day before you get to do that. There's all, like, no, the, all the Shaltari names are very, very I told you that. stripper-esque. Is there stripper-esque. a sapphire? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is there a candy? No, no, no. Candy, but there's a jade, I Destiny. think. Oh, jade, nice. <laughs> jade, there's, yeah, ruby. Crystal? Uh, no, no, no crystal. Possibly <laughs> down the road I could see that happening. I think there's They're all world. just gemstones. Yeah, they're gemstones and stuff. Oh. Opal. Opal. I'm trying to picture this Opal's stripper. A bad stripper. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to imagine this stripper that'd be associated with the name Opal. Opal is on the she's, main stage. She's older. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's a little older. She's a little more mature. She works Tuesday lunches. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch buffet. <laughs> all you can eat. With Opal. Oh. All right. Anyways, so I was also finishing up with like this weekend is the drop zone commander. So Ward, you able to make it out this time? Uh, this Sunday I should make it unless uh, should. Oh, he said should. Uh, Steve. This Sunday, yes, I can. I've got it all. Drop zone at mission. I will be there. Nice. Bring my uh, uh, yeah that army. The yeah, one that the one that you have. Remember. He'll bring the army you have. Sorry. Wow. How many points? Fifteen hundred. Oh yeah, I got lots of that. Yeah, it's just drop in right. <laughs> I have uh, now my. I think my Shaltari is at like thirty five hundred points. Ooh. I have a lot Shaltari suddenly. I was doing the math. It's bad. It's bad, Mike. Um, How did this even happen to me? You let me do it to you. I know you did. <laughs> you said yes. What else is it? Was like, consenting. What else do you let Mike? <laughs> oh do to my! You? When it comes to miniature games, he really does whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, um, the moral of the story is, if you're even thinking about getting the drop fleet, this is a great opportunity to go. Uh, to be honest, all the guys that were there were, like, laughing and having a good time, so I imagine... Uh, Tom was crying a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, they were laughing at you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, our local Hawk Talon, uh, Trevor, will be there, so if you yep. are interested in getting into the game, I'm sure he can run you a demo. Absolutely. Or yep. You know what? Even I if, it, we, if it's full before. house... I'm sure if you ask questions, people will be more than willing to. There was tons. Like, it was honestly, most of the tables were yelling at most of the other tables to try and figure out the rules while we're all playing. So, Which is a good environment to learn in. Which is a fantastic environment to learn in because everyone's at the same place. We're all trying to learn together. There's a few people that have played maybe four games or five games where the other people have played like one or two. Or zero. I've played two now. <laughs> now, but then it was... Now I know there's ramming in this game. Yeah. Fuck this. There's ramming in Drop Fleet. Oh, that was a great game. <laughs> I was a spectator, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so, one of my favorite things about any fleet game I've ever played is, is catastrophic... No, is the notion of catastrophic failure... Oh, yeah, Warp Core Breach. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, anybody that watches Star Trek knows all about the Warp Core Breach. You can, and you can't just always shunt it through the deflector dash. It well, you work. can try, though. <laughs> On Deep Space Nine, they do. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's different. Um, but and at like, one no, point... Battlefleet Gothic had armored prows on your uh, Imperial cruisers, and ramming was awesome because then you usually died and you were hoping for that. Unless you were an orc mode. fleet and then you were just designed to ram? Yeah, yeah. I love that. That was the greatest thing. ships that were just solid metal. 
Yeah, and the best part about it is usually you hit, you die, and then you're hoping for that catastrophic warp core. Literally, and also warp core implosion send, or whatever it was. Send a chain reaction through the enemy. Send a chain now, reaction. my favorite thing about this rule set is you have to have two or fewer hull points remaining on your ship to do it. Because so it's only a desperation action? Yes. yes. Yeah, because they don't want you to be like, here's my untouched ship. Just ram. Ha-ha, this is awesome. <laughs> regardless of... And my, here's the really cool thing. You roll a dice on a three plus, you hit, and you're immediately taken off the table, and then you resolve the damage. On a one to two, you just take your own ship off the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a risky move. Um, but you get to roll your hull points worth of dice, I believe, hitting on a three plus, so they're right. critting on fives. Like... It's absurd. So if you have a like heavily damaged battleship, oh yeah, you scary. go straight for uh, anything their capital ship because yeah. it's your starting hall points, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. So you're auto dead, but you evapobliterate things, provided Com- you don't roll a one or a two. Yeah, <laughs> but even then, it, it, it was really cool. But we also had that wonderful chain spike of we both got in there with a bunch of heavily wounded cruisers and and. Um, uh, a bunch of frigates. You, you annihilated your target. It went nuclear. No, I failed to annihilate my target because I had the choice of like, do I ram or do I roll dice? And in my head, I was thinking it was a different cruiser that had more dice. I should have just rammed. Oh no, that's right. Elliot rammed you. No, he didn't ram me. His Corvette came over and shot my one sh- my ship that had one damage left. Then proceeded to like get. Oh. A seven on the chart, which is like catastrophic explosion, and rolled the full distance for the explosion, and I everything thought, died. I thought this started from a ramming. I didn't realize it was uh, it was an actual. No, like he, I was goading him. You were to ram- talking about the ram. Okay. I was goading him to ramming, and then he then he didn't, and then I was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to ram." And then I looked, I was like, "No, that's a dumb idea." I and, came over only when there was like things being removed in large quantities. It was awesome. He's like taking fistfuls of model off. Yeah, model, okay. it was great. Anyways. So, come out to the Escalation League. It's very supportive. It's a great place to learn. And Drop Fleet's a lot of fun. It sounds fun. like there's a lot of ramming and fisting. I wasn't really paying attention. Okay, Dan. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, the fisting, not so much. Ramming is correct. You, That's battle tech. You know what? That was True. what took it over the line. That card, Dan. That was where it went off the rails this podcast. That's where you that's where you made Mike disappointed in you. <laughs> no, this already happened like He'd be yeah. more disappointed if I didn't. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be more disappointed. He'd be more surprised if you yes. didn't. Yes, I'll go with that one. But he well, wouldn't be more disappointed. No, I'm pretty much disappointed with you all the time. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we should move on. Yeah, I think we are moving on. Ouch. Uh, our second period is spring cleaning. So, with it uh, being the beginning of spring now. What does this word mean? Spring? Don't we have to hoard everything forever? Spring or cleaning are we talking about? Which word are you worried about, Mike? Yeah. Spring? Like the combination of the two. Because it's been snowing a lot. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's uh, that awkward gap between snowing and patio season. It's called spring, I think. Okay. I'm not really done. <laughs> I, I call it like the dirty brown season where everything's oh, muddy and gross. Yeah, yes. Dust, too. When, it, when it's not the muddy best, and brown, is The best dust. is when the, it rains and all the puddles look like uh, Tim Hortons Double Double from all the dust. Oh. <laughs> Yummy. Canada's fucking awesome, by the way. <laughs> we do have great summers. They last a week. Um, <laughs> no, uh, spring cleaning, I, I actually like this topic because I was just doing a bit of it clearing out some miniatures and some uh, scenery and that kind of stuff. I like doing spring cleaning, or I don't even know if you want to call it spring cleaning, just going through your pile of miniatures because you find awesome shit. (laughs) Like golf rockers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going through... Uh, That's what you found? No, no I, but I just thought of... If I was to go through what's something that I forgot I had until I just thought about things that I'd probably forgotten I had, and it was golf rockers. Fair enough. Yeah, so I was I was moving some stuff out of my storage room because I was actually doing spring cleaning. I found out that I have an entire witch cult box, like the oh. army in a box of witches Ooh, and yeah. raiders and venoms and the succubus. Even what? more Dark Eldar. Unopened. <laughs> what? I bought it. And I just put it in a box, in a Tupperware, in the storage room. I have no idea why I bought it. It has a whole bunch of reavers, so I'm super excited about that. But anyways, <laughs> clean your shit. You find, like, $200 boxes just oh. sitting around that apparently you didn't open. Yeah. So that's one reason to do it. There you go. Uh, so when you're when you're doing spin cleaning, do you try to, like, compile the stuff that you already have? Like, do you... Clip it off of sprues? Do you bag it, tag it? Like, what What do you guys do? I don't. I usually just put it into piles of what I'm going to paint and what I'm not going to paint and what will continue to stay in that Tupperware. <laughs> like that witch cult box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's very similar. If, when I'm doing a big um, cleaning or culling of my hobby stuff, it's just... The stuff that I'm less likely to paint gets pushed further and further into the depths of the closet, mm-hmm. and I'll cycle out the stuff that, oh, maybe I'm going to work on this yeah. at some point. Because, uh, like, honestly, as especially with anything Games Workshop that I have, like, there's a lot of stuff I haven't looked at in about six years. Now, there's fair. stuff that I haven't looked at since several moves of house ago. And that's a problem. <laughs> yes, that's true. I, I so Six Ed Dark Elves. Oh, yeah, Ooh. that's really old. Yeah, what the fuck am I going to do with those? <laughs> I don't know, play Ninth Age, I guess? How about a company of space marines? Yeah, that I at least got rid of most of my space marines. Oh, you could still use them. That's just battle company. You just don't want to be a company of space marines. Yeah, exactly. That's not a terrible army. People, the sixth people Dark Elves is literally... Marines. Oh, his what? don't have any grab guns. They're terrible. Oh, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. I guess you could do <laughs> Melta... Maybe, but no, this is this is actually Ugh. the problem, and I don't really know what to do with all this stuff because I have a whole bunch of effectively outdated GW, where a lot well, of it's <laughs> yeah, like a, like a lot of the a lot of the newer guns are sexier and better, and don't. There's, there's really only one newer gun. That's really only one thing they've added. The it's just grab sizes guns. of grab weapons. Yeah. yeah, that's really all that's changed. Um, no, but I, when I was reorganizing my stuff, I basically set out. Uh, this is the stuff I'm going to paint before fall, and it's sitting on the table behind you guys, so it's some GW stuff, some Dark Age stuff. I just stuff. assume it was the usual mess. Uh, yeah. Nope, that's that's actually now organized into the Harlequins and Belisarius Call, and inside that box, that was some of the organization that I did too, I threw in um, oh, what's her this face? This box is organized? Yeah, there's Call, um, the Sisters of Silence in there, and cannot remember Inquisitor that. Inquisitor Greyfax? Thank you, Greyfax. Uh, and then I've got my uh, uh, Thalix uh, Thanatar Calyx. That's what it is. Uh, Your giant fucking robot. <laughs> giant fucking robot. That looks awesome. Uh, so I'm going to do that in the Dark Age, and that's what I've now organized on my spring cleaning. I like paring everything down into, like, here's my manageable painting projects because it makes me feel like I could maybe finish it. Yep. Which inevitably fails in approximately a week when you guys <laughs> get me to play Drop Fleet. <laughs> I have to paint one of those. No, but... Honestly, dude, your drop fleet's going to take you, if you're sitting down and putting time in, a week or two at most. Well, I, I agree, but I'm just saying, like, one of the things that I like doing with uh, with organization and cleaning and that kind of stuff is just putting it into manageable compartments. Yeah. Whether or not you're bagging them up, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. versus, like, putting them in a tray or having, like, 
this is sort of my goal to finish, that's kind of my, my makes me feel better. The ward's different. He's not actually planning to paint them. He's planning to clean them and organize them. He's just working through his OCD. Oh, I've got, yeah. He's like, little. So he's, that's why different. he's different. He, that's why he has to do his different. He has to clip it off the sprue. He has to clean it. Then he can put it in a nice bag and label it and put that bag inside a box and then put that on the shelf. So, yeah. So Sometimes uh, it's a bag inside another bag inside a box. Yes, yeah, sorry. Depending if I there's multiple bag. models. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to multiple bag them, yeah. So, so you're planning on finishing, but he's just planning on storage. I just, I, just, I organize. Oh, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. Steve likes to finish. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> those noises weird. Can you feel for those, the for those listening ward, on the radio that didn't see that, John just pointed at Ward, <laughs> and then Ward made a really uncomfortable noise, and I wanted a adult. Um. Mike? <laughs> no. I'm going to keep me out of this. He's I actually know. laughing. He doesn't look very... He doesn't have a disappointed face right now. No. He has embarrassed laugh voice. <laughs> this is, this is a big one. This is a new high? level. He's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the weird creepy laugh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, I mean... What were you actually saying before we derailed? <laughs> for, spring, for spring cleaning for myself, uh, I do agree with Tom. Like, stuff that I... I don't plan on working on usually disappears like further into the closet but I've got like a lot of like small uh, plastic bins um, out in the main room and I have them all like labeled with a different game system that they all belong in and I actually have um, labels and barcodes on them so from he a, got that app from uh, from a company called Mabel's Labels. Oh, that's right! I forgot about you, you doing that. And you can scan the label, and they'll tell you exactly what you have in the box, as long as you keep it like up to date and such, right? So, so I can scan my BattleTech box. He, no, no, he can have he could have a Maybe BattleTech collection with has a warehouse, warehouse. and it will give me a complete list of all the BattleTech models if that you I spent have in that container. A tenth <laughs> of the time on all of this extraneous bullshit that you do not need. You would have more painted models than the rest of us. True, but but it's very organized. I feel and, like what, and it's all like labeled what's clean, what's not clean. So me? I know what I can assemble right away and you what just I need look to focus at it. on. You can just fucking paint it and put it on a <laughs> shelf, man. Nate offers a degree in or a certificate in warehouse organizational studies. Oh. You should take that. I feel like you've missed your calling. The city of Edmonton also offers free mental health counseling if you need <laughs> <laughs> Only on a short-term emergency basis, though. Oh. Coupled together, we've got you covered, man. <laughs> All the bases are covered. Um, I have a great psychologist. No, in my, in my mind, so this is the, my other hobby being uh, car stuff, I totally understand... Uh, the idea of organizing everything because one of the things that I really like about like rebuilding uh, parts on the car is when you bag everything up you label it you mark it you put it aside you clean it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right except you have to clean it for necessity so when you put the engine back together it doesn't go bang uh, <laughs> which is a little different than like obsessively cleaning mold lines I'm gonna say it's not <laughs> quite the same uh, but I, I do find that very therapeutic so I, I understand where you're coming from okay alright I just, I, well, I'm always blown away by how much you do to avoid painting a model. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's, like but, I, I respect you, the shit out of your organization. But you've heard yeah, that I would this love year, to have that. 2017 is the year of ward painting, right? So, and I already have. No, it's true. The drop fleet. 
It's true. You know what, man? Like it sounded I, like I, there was going to be a longer list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I believe in you, but I just want. I'm trying to encourage you to keep it going. Yeah, like, no, no. no wait, I, I appreciate. Here's that. what I want to Absolutely, say though. Who here has so. finished an army so far this year? Oh, oh it's Mike and Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I could say. Oh, no, 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 no. I could say my 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 Imperial Fist because I have a drop sh- zone. No, technically, Drop Zone was, was in October. Yeah, he finished oh, October. But in January, I did. Fi- I did. You did finish. do BattleTech. Yeah, BattleTech and a crew and a half new Malifaux. Sure, we're cl- what I'm saying is we're stretching to get there because I can also go with like I finished my uh, my Stormhammer or Annihilation Force or whatever it was. Can't remember the name right now. This is bothering me. Yeah, the, the Imperial just, Fist. Move on, move the Imperial on. Fist. Move on. Their formation, they're quite a lot of an army. You could, depending on the point size, it could be an army, but I'm stretching to get there. War to finish an army. Mike, we just don't even care. It's common. Wow. No, one's no, no, no love here. Wow. No, no, there's tons which, of love. Which <laughs> army did Mike paint? This? No, Mike, it's War, like watching Connor McDavid. Yeah. Early bar, in the season, the bar, you're like, the bar, oh my said, God. the bar is set higher for McDavid than it is for Zach Cass. Yeah, we'd be a lot more worried if you didn't finish an army every oh, like, okay. two months. Yeah, yeah we would be like be calling crazy. you up on a daily basis like, Mike, you doing okay? okay? Yeah. Did you fall? Did you, hurt <laughs> <laughs> Did you suffer a traumatic brain injury? <laughs> like, like Mike, what's what, going on, man? Tell me what day it is, Mike. <laughs> So the point is, minister of the country. <laughs> point is, the bar is a little bit different depending on who you are, and I want to say Ward is, is ahead of us despite his organizational shenanigans. OCD. To be fair, all it's going to take me is finishing my drop fleet army, which is probably the next week, and then I'm ahead of Ward again. But that's okay. That's okay. It's not. There's not a huge competition here. It's just to encourage. Oh, it's on Ward. Oh. It's just encourage people to paint. <laughs> Gotcha. So, All right. I don't know how we got away from spring cleaning. Uh, <laughs> because it's so easy to make fun of wards yeah, and neuroses. Uh, the, other, the other big thing with, uh, with spring cleaning right now, too, is you'll see a lot more, I think, uh, bit swaps pop up. Yeah. Uh, so there was the one at Colder Than Carbonite. Colder Than Carbonite had one there. in February. I yep. sold things. So, and then there's also talk from a couple different groups that they want to do another one soon. So Nice. Um, I believe Red Claw wants to host one as well, so you'll see a lot more of those, I think, popping up too. But with that, it's a double-edged sword, because like if you go to a bit swap, you usually are just hanging around with the other people selling bits, and you're like, oh... Tradesies. Let's uh, let's take a look at your table. What's going on over here? So. This was one of the first ones that I went to where I didn't buy anything from anyone else that was there. And like McKellar was there, and Dustin was there, and Chris Poon was there. Well, like, they usually have people a lot that have of cool stuff. shit. Yeah, but yeah. I actually didn't pick up anything extra. I just sold things. I'm virtually unheard of. The other big thing too with spring cleaning is that I'm usually not big on you're not big getting re- uh, you're just small. You're a small person. It's very it's wow, accurate. you guys were hacking on me for being an asshole? <laughs> you got a big heart. When have I ever said you're a bigger asshole than me? I didn't say bigger. I said Did you, you say were hacking on me for who has the more prolapsed asshole? <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get the serious Dude. questions out of the way. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> There's only one way to find out, boys. Bust out the team, Ta- Major. Tom and Mike, seven minutes in heaven. No, 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 no. Um, Okay, we should get back on topic. Uh, I'm hoping for like a positive inch. So, what was my point? (laughs) (laughs) 
We tried to make this a serious topic. Um, we can't. No. No. We're just it's, 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 it's the dark it's underbelly of all. So you know, you know what uh, I think? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. So my point is, I usually don't sell models. Yeah, I know. I I usually keep whatever I have. I don't get rid of an army at all. Do you guys find like that? There's a time that you talk. need to purge an army and get exactly rid of it. Exactly to this. I hate selling stuff because people haggle. And I hate that process. I despise it. I worked retail yep. as all my all my jobs until I had my, I guess, my career. I do not like haggling, and I don't like that, that sort of sour relationship that you end up with people. You know what I mean? When you're like, oh, mm. I you know, got ripped off on that Lehman Ross or whatever the hell it is. Um, I tend to give stuff away. Hey, you know what? I'm the same way. Do I like you? Do you need it? Will you appreciate it? Yep. Are you, are here you, you go, getting sir, into this it. game? Yes. Speaking of which, here, enjoy it. Right, James? And uh, speaking of which, Dan, when you paint that Celestine, that's the only thing that I like to do. Is now I have <laughs> leverage over you. I gave you that model. Paint it. <laughs> Never accept a gift from him again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, I actually do. I'm never going to paint Celestine, but I do think that if Dan does, he'll do a much better job and he'll enjoy it more. And, and I painted the metal one a million years ago, so it would be and nice I, to revisit it like a decade later, with especially completely different arsenal mm-hmm. techniques, mm-hmm. especially if you went for the same color scheme but with new or similar. I'm trying to remember the old color scheme. I know it had white armor, which with teal tea. accents. It was like teal and blue. Yeah, I think it black. was. I think it was the Kirsten Williams like oh, white and blue yeah, with yeah, a yeah. little bit of like the cool mm-hmm. black uh, for any of the black areas. My point is, is I would rather give away my miniatures than than do a bit swap um, to people that I know that are going to use it or people that are getting into the hobby. Like if mm-hmm. somebody was like, I really want to play Imperial Guard. Um, I'm super into that for some reason and they want some really crappily primed Imperial Guard models they could have my guard that kind of thing right so. yeah like normally for me in the last little while anytime I have sold something it's like about the cost of a case of beer is what I ask for yeah like I think I, I sold my entire Kaskin army for like 50 bucks yeah mm-hmm. and it's like I am never gonna touch this you're gonna love this like like that the number that is so far below haggling yeah, yeah. no I hear you but this is my problem too after I've put the time in, and yes. anything I'm willing to sell is painted. Because it's either that old or whatever. Because you don't have unpainted stuff. But I am not willing to yeah, let does unpainted it go stuff for this, how cheap house? you have to give it to sell it, right? You'd have to go way below what it costs you. It's like, I've put too much time. Okay, but not, I have a very serious question. Yeah. Do you own anything that's unpainted? Yeah, of course. Uh, he, half what, of my guard. What he bought this week. Oh my god! What? Yeah, shut up. Is this like in a storage locker? <laughs> it's really like, with, you're you know, judging you know, me. You know, it's like his the, life insurance. Do you know like the box of like your ex's letters? The day, like, yeah, the, the day you paint, the day you paint your final model, you die. That's so, true. Right? So he's got a box of old Imperial Guard from like second dead forty k. It's like his Dorian. And Mike will live forever. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like his Dorian Gray. They're Krieg too. <laughs> Fuck, they almost are from second day. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. so much better than it could have been. Gonna be living forever, boys. I hope so. That's fantastic if you do because you didn't paint guard. <laughs> like, if only it was so simple. Best then we would all live forever. <laughs> no, 
You never really. You're I'm all never gonna paint those guards. <laughs> Zero chance. So I'm living forever too, Mike. <laughs> Woohoo! I think I like half painted one squad. Into the century. Yeah, I think I painted seven Imperial guards do, when we when do we have a bunch Tom of and I all bought those Kazarkin. I painted seven of them. Sorry. Oh, the Kazarkin that I also have thirty of. Yeah, only one. Yeah, no, only thirty. We each ordered like a hundred plus. <laughs> no, I was like, I only need thirty because there's no way I'll ever finish more than thirty. <laughs> Never finished one. Well, I was really <laughs> jazzed for the army. I like started playing it and I started working on painting it. And then the new codex came out and there was no more drop troops. And oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, you the, can jump out of Valkyrie, but you no. need to buy Valkyries. No, I had to buy like four Valkyries to make that work easily. <laughs> and I was more. not dropping like five hundred dollars on Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent fair. <laughs> yeah. So, again, back to topic, which we have been very poor at doing in this. No, we're amazing at staying off topic. That is a skill. That is a skill. Um, no, I, give away your stuff. I don't. I don't know. Get a friend. Get a friend into the hobby. Yeah. Somebody else to play mm-hmm. it with you, right? And you know what's great about First that? First hits free. Frees up your display cabinet. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't do awesome. plastic crack. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't. Well, you don't do so, it. So you know that really? thirty-five hundred Shatari army I was talking about. <laughs> you know who, where that started? Where did it start? Steve? A free battle group from you. Oh, I, I had to pay for my resistance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you actually didn't have to pay for your first hit. Dale gave it to you, but you gave it away because it was PHR. It was PHR. But I gave it away to Luke as his first free hit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a free hit of, of drop zone too because resistance wasn't out back then. Um, and actually, what I really no, they were, but they didn't have the plastic set. And I did also move my. I don't think so. He got that a Vegas three years ago now. Oh, I don't fuck, think resistance whatever. Is out yet. But I did get my first resistance when I traded my um, Relthosa for it, which is something I would never touch again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, your Relthosa. You're talking. Firestorm. Yeah, Spartan. I yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like I fleeced Todd on that one. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. <laughs> uh, all right, so clean your stuff, give away things. It's good. Organize. Anybody needs six organize. organize. If you want to talk to somebody about a UPC scanning app, talk to Ward. I guess is the moral here. Mabel's labels. <laughs> Check it out. So that's our one piece of advice. <laughs> if you're <laughs> crazy, talk to Ward. <laughs> well, no, there's a couple pieces of Sorry, advice. OCD, OCD. It's really to good Ward. to go through your collection every once in a while, just to see what the fuck's there. Yeah, yeah. Dark Eldar. Who you knew? Will, you will surprise yourself. Um, if you want to organize it better, talk to Ward. If you want to paint models, just spend time painting instead of that. If you want to lose your models, talk to Dan, and he'll tell you how to store them in toilet paper holders. It fell. That was paper towel. Mm. Oh, was a paper so towel tube that had my anniversary marine hiding in it forever. It made no sense. When I lost my anniversary marine with the disintegrator, that's, that's where it was. The yeah. roll, the roll of toilet paper next to the hobby, or sorry, paper towel next to the hobby station, like for make, like drying brushes and stuff. The model fell into the tube, like it was like wrapped into the paper towel. I don't understand. It made no sense. I lost the thing Did for like a month and a half. you put it on top of like the paper towel tube and like walk away? And then I think like I knocked it? it off my desk at some point and this was just like sitting on the ground between my desk and a shelf. <laughs> but it somehow ended up in the paper towel. So it was 10 points. Yeah, for sure. It was an amazing was like once in a lifetime shot. I just eventually needed more paper towel to dry off brushes and a model fucking fell out. And I'm like, I've been looking for you. <laughs> Well, this is a welcome surprise. I love because it was so random. Because you called me in like a frenzy because you were tearing <laughs> apart your apartment for like two days to find this fucking thing. 
Oh man, that's yeah. so good. All right, we should move on. Yeah, we really should. That was that segment I thought was going to be quick. That yeah. dragged on a bit. We had a good time. We don't have quick segments. What the no, fuck are you talking about? But there's always there's always like okay, these two segments will take a bit of time, and then this one will be quick. It never happens. On the topic of taking a bit of time, hmm. we're going to be talking about the end of the press gang. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. think it's a bit of, it potentially a complex issue, and there's some some real ramifications. And okay, before you before you go into that, what is the press gang for those of us that don't? Uh, Okay, so the press gang is the volunteer program of community liaisons for War Machine. So every every manufacturer, except for Games Workshop, realistically has these. Hawk has Talons. Spartan has Vanguards. Hawks or GW started it with the Outrider, and the Outrider well, still exists start- in certain areas. They started with the Outrider, and then they went to the Grey Knight, and then they went back to some of the Outrider program. What? Yeah. At least in North America, there was no more Outriders. Yep. Right. Um, so. Weird has henchmen, so on and so forth, right? And I think it was about a month ago there was a press release saying that there would be no more press gangers from Privateer Press. Yeah. So, um, in their press release, they were talking about how the community had grown so large and they didn't have the resources to support all of the um, press gangers that they had in a way that they felt did service to the program. So, yeah. that's kind of their the reason why they cut it, um, politically anyways. Um, there are definitely some different theories from different people as to why it's gone, um, one of which was the the current legal battle happening between tournament judges for Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Now, I was actually, we were talking about this very thing when we were at the Drop Zone Ex- Escalation League um, at Mission, and there's some Magic players there the same day, and I got a little more insight from the Magic players as to what exactly was going on. And apparently it's just a handful of judges in California. Which isn't surprising. I mean, that so is... So what is going on? So they are suing no. to be viewed as employees. It's actually fascinating what they're trying to do. Yeah, because they're been volunteers or contractors or whatever they yes. are. Yes. And well, the not way- even contractors. Like, like, they want to be an employee of the company under the, under the law. So they can bind to the healthcare plan. Yeah, huh. big deal for them. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, right? But the definition. Th- this is a little bit off topic. Of what we're we're initially starting with, but so we're now part time BattleTech and labor law podcast. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, what are doing? <laughs> no, we're a very gaming? bad labor law podcast because I'm sure we're not going to get all the details. There's nobody on right. this podcast that is a labor law specialist. So if anybody takes us as some sort of <laughs> advice. Don't. Good luck, I guess. Um, but yeah. I'll the, drink to that. Um, the idea is that the tournament judges are fulfilling a role to help the company sell their product and profit and whatever else, and therefore they are an employee. However, they've never signed. Uh, my understanding is they've never signed some sort of contract or legal binding agreement. They aren't compensated financially, but yet their work, their work product benefits Wizards of the Coast. And they were compensated with product and limited edition memorabilia, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So the what it comes down to is that they were arguing that what they were being compensated with... Is pay. Could, ...has value and could be in the same yeah. ballpark as being paid. And therefore, they're an employee, therefore they get group discount rates on uh, healthcare. Now and that is how and that's why they cut their organized play 
system or possibly will be doing so or something? No, they already have pulled back. It's gone. It's completely gone. These people are are in uh, the legal uh, realm retroactively. Like, they're they're dealing with the past. That's not... Yeah. Not going forward, there won't be any of this volunteer program. It's official. Um, Chances are they won't win the case either. Yeah. Uh, The judges. Like, it's it's a weak case. There's no contract. Um, However, I mean... Crazier things have happened. The states is pretty litigious. The, the states is a weird thing for that because I I don't get how when you initially sign up for the program like that you it's a clear understanding of like what you're doing. You're you're donating your your time and your effort to like introducing new people to this game system, and in return you're going to be getting product. Yeah, and and pretty much like every every other system like the Hawk Talons, uh, the War Chorus, everything operates on the same basic system, but the fact that these people are trying to go and... and yeah, well, it's a, at the very basic fundamental level, the argument is that you're exchanging time and labor for compensation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that extremely fundamental level, yeah. they're arguing that it's the same relationship yes. as an employee-employer relationship. But, like, if you're upfront agreeing to it that it's you're not getting paid, you're not getting benefits, you're not an employee in any way, you're just a volunteer... Well, that's where I, I, can't, I can't speak to this, and that, that's where my understanding of Magic the Gathering's labor laws in relation. All I know about Magic the policy. Gathering is that table flipping is hilarious. Yes, and butt cracks. Oh, butt uh, cracks are so good. <laughs> and photo essay of butt cracks. <laughs> I'm so uh, sad he got banned. So, yeah, the guy but, deserved to be get a, like some sort of art award. So due to Magic the Gathering, Privateer Press has now followed suit. Well, and it's, this is one it's of the a theories. theory, right? Like, yeah. Um, but the, the states has always kind of been a little bit more wary when it comes to um, potential well, I was gonna say, of they're being very, sued and such. They're way more litigious. They sue for traffic accidents or for wrongful injury, yeah. like nobody's business. Like, like have have any of you worked for a U.S. company? No, U.S. based company. No, I know. I know. In Canada, we have uh, minimum or maximum payouts for a personal injury, depending on... Uh, yeah, like soft tissue caps for car accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind like of stuff, that. because we don't want people going crazy in the States. They don't have that. $18 million for whiplash. Yeah, and it, in uh, in the UK, they also have very similar uh, similar laws. The EU is is a lot the same. Um, so I can see Privateer Press being a US-based company. Being wary of that, right? Yeah, totally. So, but like when I when I worked retail and I worked for US based companies, they were always a little bit more cautious with that and your employees like, Oh, you can't you can't do that and I'm like, We're in Canada, it's a little bit different. Like it's not it's not the Oh yeah, that's same right. I was gonna say so. you I thought you were talking about GW, but yeah, that would make sense from fossil and, and gas. Fossil and gap yeah. and everything like that, right? Or so gap, that's right. Yeah. Gas? Gas. Oh no. Close, but you uh, sounded really upset about guests. <laughs> They're not bad. Like, do I not know I something? Say, I, I would never work for guests. <laughs> you seem very upset. Suddenly, I'm like hiding the label on my jeans. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, don't hide that label, Dan. Um, <laughs> Are we now also a fashion podcast? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, that's not where that was going. I don't understand. I don't um, know where that was going. However, Jesus. so so Privateer sure Press, like the, one of the theories is Privateer Press is, is getting rid of the system. Because, again, they're U.S.-based. They're a little bit more wary of, of this sort of action. Uh, but do you think that this is going to follow suit with non-U.S. companies? Do you think the Hawk Talons are going to disappear? Do you think the War Corps are well, going to disappear for infinity? And I actually, the reason we're talking about this at the last um, game day uh, for Drop Fleet was that I was talking with Trevor, mm-hmm. asking, like, 
where's the Hawk program or the Talon program at? And he was actually saying that the Talon program is actually ramping up because now that they've got Drop Zone and Drop Fleet, they're looking at having it possible for like our Talon's going to be for one or the other or both, and they've actually dedicated a person to. They should have the talent program. The other one should from be an beaks. administrative standpoint. Okay, yeah, so that, that seems very positive. Then the beaks in, and in that regard. Yeah, it seems very positive. I've heard nothing from anyone to do with weird for any any of the henchmen. They yep. seems the to be still going strong. Up. Oh god damn it! Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Matt ran the Infinity Tournament. That's and he a lot didn't say anything about uh, the war core mm-hmm. status like disappearing at all with Infinity. It honestly seems like it's just a private press thing, which actually leads me to feel that um, as much as that's one of the theories, it's entirely possible that they're just going full G-Dub. Yeah, that is totally the thing I was going to try and lead into, is mm. it seems like Privateer Press is just going full, like, Fall of the Empire era GW. Yeah. <laughs> Where they, yeah. they're changing their requirements for, like, brick-and-mortar stores and online retailers and all kinds of things. Like, oh, are, are they going, actually doing other uh, policies around that? Like they just the, they just got rid of their forums. They took them down for routine maintenance, and then they were just like, no, you guys are too toxic. We're just not bringing them back. Well, they did, oh. but they, they no longer have faction-specific forums. They have very general forums. It's super interesting. Weird. So it sounds like they're going full, like again, full GW. It's before, GW before GW's Renaissance. Yeah, that's that uh, actually surprised me. But don't they me realize that doesn't work? That's how they came to rise of power. Yeah, because <laughs> that was they literally. I don't think War Machine would exist if it wasn't for GW's malaise years. I would argue that eighty percent of the games that are really popular now would not exist if it weren't for Games Workshop toning back specialist games. And yeah, like Spartan and, and stuff probably never would have started if there were still fleet games. It probably know. wouldn't have been started. So in the car industry, there's a lot of uh, talk about like the American manufacturers and the Malaysiers being like 2000 to 2010, sort of our economic collapse period. Yeah. Like, can you think about like the Pontiac Grand Prix? Sorry if any of our listeners own one. They're usually not considered to be the most inspired cars. I feel like GW was in that exact same boat where they were coasting on like things are working. Were making money, and that was just building impetus for animosity against them. And, and those companies pe- that uh, are now doing well are strictly doing well because of that. Yeah, and really, for Games Workshop, it wasn't just kind of a um, keep sailing steady. It was take things away. Yeah, well, we don't In have to do ways. this anymore. We don't have to do this anymore, right? We're, we're so big, we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. it was so really down that mentality. slope, we'll just let it roll. And I wonder if Privateer Press isn't doing, like, a we are the best tournament game. I, I don't know if that's a thing or what, what their, their mindset is or if that's... The well, thing. the numbers have been really good. Like, yeah. for the, the last five years, you look at it, and they've consistently had War Machine and Horde separately in the top five for miniature sales. Yeah, you know what? They're doing very, very well. Uh, I'm not arguing that, but I'm wondering if the, the mentality at their office is, we have the best competitive miniatures game. Probably. Um, to be fair, though, I feel that every every manufacturer has to believe that. Um, like, it's kind of buying into your product. I don't product. think you have to believe that they have the best competitive game, which is, I think, what... Or, but, like, buy into that. believing that you're the best at what you do. Or you have a very good product. Yes. You, you, you need to buy into that. Good. I think sure. it's something else. But I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that, that arrogance. Like, I, I don't see it from Hawk. Like, they're trying to produce a good product, and they feel like 
we have something to sell. I, I think this people is different are going to enjoy from, this. This is different from everybody else. Yeah, and I don't think it's like a we're clearly better. Like it's not that arrogance. They also haven't. GW been had that arrogance. Long. Like I, the other thing to keep in mind is if you look at the time frame, Privateer Press has been around as a company for a lot longer than War Machine has, and War Machine as a game has been around for over fifteen years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe it's no, the, not over fifteen. Almost 50. The the 10 year butcher came out two years ago, I want to say. So they're in that 12 to 13 year range for War Machine. Yeah, so I guess maybe so they're, they're in their NSD teenage years. Yeah, really. <laughs> they're lashing out against the parents. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, history does repeat itself, and GW, I, I don't think, is the. They're, they're really the first in that gaming space, and I, I totally would understand if, like, Privateer Press followed the same route they offered, like. Um, they're raising a whole bunch of money, making their business look very um, palatable to investors, and then they decided to go public. Or are they cutting their legal liabilities for like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah maybe, maybe an maybe IP offering, public? that kind of thing. They start raising money to try and do more plastic kits or whatever else. Like, there's a lot of. It'd be interesting if they ever do come up with like an IPO. And yeah, like go full stock market. GW did it, and that would be like history repeating itself to the nth degree. It's a problem though, because for GW for a good decade, that was what was killing them. Yeah. Oh, totally. You're you're beholden to your investors, and so I mean, you, you, you look just, at everything yeah. becomes a slave to like the quarterly profit margins. So the long term planning goes right out the window. Yeah, and uh, Electronic Arts had the same thing happen. They were rated amongst uh, America's most hated companies. They beat Comcast for like cable provider, which is kind of shocking. Um, they did the exact same thing as GW, and I think GW followed them a lot as like a corporate study of um, give people a guarantee on the games. Like, if you don't like this game, you can return it. Like, instead of gouging and like uh, having some very weird DLC rules and that kind of stuff, GW is doing a lot of that now where it's like, oh, this leaked. We're not going to pretend it's not happening and not listen to our fan base. We're going to give them not grainy photos, like that kind of thing. Like, just acknowledging your customers exist. When uh, Magnus came out, that sort of thing you meant? Like, oh, Marnius. Hey, Marnius was the big one. Marnius? Calgar. Okay. Yeah. Do you mean girly man? Girly man. Mm, yes. Robot girly man? He literally leaked, and there were, like, the, <laughs> the worst grainy images you've ever seen. Like, little thumbnail garbage So then images. they released the White Dwarf cover from, like, several months in the future. Within an hour. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they acknowledge their customers exist, and I think that kind of arrogance, maybe, from from Privateer Press, where they're like, we know what we're doing, we're clearly doing better than other companies, that kind of thing, they kind of forget their customer exists and what they're actually doing. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really kind of sad is that if you look at the... I would argue that one of the strongest selling features of War Machine as a game, as much as I fucking hate it, is Steamroller. Yep. Yep. That was developed initially very directly in association with the press game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I Right, agree. so moving away from that support seems like a like really that distancing from the community that we saw from Games Workshop when they got rid yeah. of the Outriders, when they got out of running grand tournaments, when they got out of yeah. doing a lot of these things, stopped having Golden Demons, stopped having Games Days. All of these things that have provided an opportunity for Games Workshop to connect with their fans yeah. and their consumer base. It comes back to disappear. acknowledging your customer exists. Yeah. 
right? Like it's not and just putting a human face on the company as well. Yeah. Like it works totally. both ways. And I, totally. I think the the real word here is it's not just a customer base. It's fan it's a fan base. Yes. Because if we were just customers, we wouldn't have a podcast about this shit. We wouldn't be getting passionately talking about these things if we were just consumers. Have you not listened to my KitchenAid stand mixer podcast? Because I am very, <laughs> very animated about stand mixers. To be fair, those things are fucking amazing. <laughs> have you seen the one in Seafoam? I yes. want that in my fucking kitchen. I know. We, we couldn't get it. We had to settle with the red. Oh, oh, the candy red, I know. Oh, the candy red's nice. I, I I'm feel, not going to... I feel that you picked that one, though. No, I did not. Oh. I wanted seafoam. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Actually, not a word of a lie. Yes, I'm so proud of you, Steve. Oh. But that's just it, right? We look at this, there's such... It's a strong community amongst gamers, and the more a company can connect with that community, the more successful they seem to yep. be. And so Hawk has been very good for always leaking a lot of stuff to manufacture, or to the, the fan base, the consumers... Um, getting the talons out there. Weird's doing the same thing. They have a new preview every Monday on their yeah. website of something they're working on. Yeah, even Which, if it's art. For the record, the next one is going to be a racing board game of gremlins riding various animals. And it's not who gets to the finish line first. The goal is to have the most fans, which is a combination of how fast you're going and the shit you're doing to the other players. Oh, that sounds amazing. Sorry, this is weird, not Hawk. This is weird. Okay, yeah. you said Hawk. Sure. I was like, well, I, they I, really pivoted <laughs> well, quickly. I, I said weird at some point, didn't I? You did. Okay. Oh, I, I heard Hawk. But for really those of us Hawk. whose eyes were glazing over, that stood out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so there's a lot of these companies that are smaller and recognize they have to give a, have to engage with their fan base. Be humble, give a shit kind of thing. Especially in the current era where you look more celebrities, more athletes, uh, more artists, musicians are all engaging with their fans via social media like Twitter. Um, Instagram, whatever the like case is. Like key liking my tweet on St. Patty's yeah. Day. Yeah, like how he's the only like, one when I yep. when I logged in, it was one like, and it was the actual Bismarck. <laughs> key. I was or, like, no, or like Weird Al liking my tattoo. That's pretty sweet, right? Like, there's there's a lot more opportunity for yeah. engagement, and it seems really fucked well, up. Coming back to the the car business, like they realize they have to make cars that people care about, like and engage with their fans. Like they they stopped making. Pontiac Grand Prix and started making Camaros that people care about, right? Like the same sort of thing where they engage with their fans and realize that customers are people that care. Yeah. Right? Um, instead of just, they're going to buy our miniatures because, because we're Because they're good. stupid. We're good at what we do. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we were talking that, about That was like, don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think that uh, Privateer Press is probably getting to that like GW Crossroads I'm a little worried because I don't I don't play their games. Um, however, I think it's good to have them in the community. And if they cancel lock and load, we'll be on like full alert for you know community collapse. Yep, I think that would be a disastrous because there was do. that huge backlash with Games Day, and it seems like they're yeah. just getting back onto like proper footing with their events. And, and I don't mind them paring down Games Day. They had a lot in North America and a huge number in oh, Europe. Yeah. Probably too many, and can watered a few it down days. too much. Yeah, when you can go and and get a golden demon without really just go to Atlanta, you'll be fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> even Chicago was no, never mind. It was the it was the California ones. L A LA wasn't good. Yeah. Chicago was actually not too bad. Chicago was pretty good because Chicago's got a pretty ho- that was serious pretty hobby. Se- that was that was pretty centralized. That was their last one to go. Chicago so. and Baltimore were okay, I think, but 
Yeah, regardless, they had like dozens when you include all the international ones. Like it was a bit much. And they give out Canadian golden demons like they were candy. Like let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Is is I think paring it down to make it more um, exclusive is not a bad thing. I don't think that's an issue. It's the full removal of a pr- uh, product or an event that people are like super excited about. Do do you think though that possibly just they had too many press gangers, like they were approving too many people, where like other systems are well, maybe limiting the amount of people then? But still, why wouldn't they have like replaced it with a different system and made them then reapply like GW did with their fucking management and stuff? Just like pare it all down, it'll be fine. <laughs> Fire yeah, everyone and make get rid of entire years <clears throat> of management. And yeah, then but, they'll uh, all reapply, right? Yeah. But no, like no. it's it's the fact that they're if they were figuring there's too many of these people and it's too watered down. Axing the program and not replacing it with anything just creates a massive void in the community, right? Like, that's uh, not a realistic <clears throat> solution. I, I, I'm going to open up something, too. Which support companies do you find are doing more of that actually support role? Which companies are doing more support, you mean? Yeah. 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 Right? Where, like, I've been running events on... I haven't been approached by any of the press gangers to... To contribute or help out, where I've been approached by a war corps, I've been approached by a henchman, so a talent, a, a, a talent. So there's those guys are showing more initiative and, and drive. Well, I think any of the games that are the startup games, because they know they still have to grow and expand, they got to get a foothold. No, no sense. But does that go back onto the company then, where it's just like, hey, you know what, we're totally. the greatest game. We totally. don't have to do anything else. I don't. I. I totally think that's 100% goes back to the company. There's com- some complacency. Like, do you need an Edmonton uh, press ganger? Probably not. Well, an M- yeah. I would argue I would, probably I would do. say that you want one in Edmonton for sure, but, like, how many of them were there, right? No, my so, point is I don't three? think you actually need one because Edmonton has an established community, and if you're complacent, that community will continue to buy your products and maybe keep your company afloat, right? Like... You should have one to continue to grow if you think you do have the best product and you're not arrogant, which is kind of what I would going I after. would still say having one is is still going to be well, beneficial yeah. to you, right? Because it's still introducing well, I mean, it's just a city people. Of a million. It's pushing people to still continue. One's like, probably too few, but I mean, ha- having ten might be too many. But oh yeah, nonetheless, sure. even if you had ten and people, the, all of them are going out trying to get into an event or coordinate amongst themselves. That. Sh- Good. How is that bad? Right? I mean, if they're excited about their game and they want to keep pushing it and growing that community, I don't see that being in any way negative. Yeah. Right. It seemed like there was a lot of benefit to be had, and God knows what their plans are. I mean, they might, a month down the road, come out with some sort of replacement or something, but it doesn't seem like it. Or a refined system or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things they, they have talked about now is that before, you kind of had to go through press gangers to get the Steamroller packs, whereas now either clubs can register through Privateer Press or stores on their own can order them in hmm. um, <clears throat> so that anyone can run events. I guess fundamentally it's going to come down to the question of who's going to, um, if there's no more incentivization of people to get out and run demos and, and run events. Now, that being said, they did say it was a logistic nightmare to deal with all of the press gangers all over the world, so it's possible they just didn't want to... Ha- they reached a point where they would have to hire a second person to be running it to and keep that, it going as it was. Would, yeah, that would and add And that would add a office. lot more... You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're doubling... Because it's a pretty small studio. 
someone's salary to handle that kind of marketing expense, I feel like is pretty reasonable. Marketing, but like a second salary. Like I can see the one salary, right? But having to add in a second one, I can speak from like advertising, uh, like what my uh, or the company that I work for does for advertising online. Someone's salary is nothing compared to advertising online. The Bella Lost Soul ad campaign or Facebook ad campaign that Privateer Press goes through is probably two to three times someone's salary. Fair enough. Like I, that's that's my point. Is I think I can't see it being a prohibitive cost. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, and then the only other thing is that uh, maybe they were. Finding that, uh, and they've got way more data than we do, right? Like maybe sure, they were yeah. finding that in the regions they were adding more press gangers. They were finding that there wasn't any actual appreciable difference anymore. Sure, right? Yeah, that, that, yeah. I if that's the case, and they're not sharing that with us. Well, because why would they? Because that would alienate exactly. the entire community. Yeah, like I'm sure we're gonna. I'm gonna piss off some listeners just for suggesting that. Well, but, I mean, being transparent is one thing, but saying like, hey, we spent all this money on this sweet advertising campaign and you guys didn't care. Maybe people would be like, oh, I feel bad that I didn't care. Like, you know, you never know how that reaction is going to go. Well, but there's going to be the press gangers that did put in the effort and did do lots yeah. of work <clears throat> that would feel like it was targeting them. Yeah. When in reality, it's not. It's targeting the ones that weren't doing work, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and everyone knows, like... We have great press gangers here in Edmonton that are always putting in lots of work. That's, that's the thing, though. I feel like we have a great war corps, great hawk talent, great henchman, great uh, press ganger. Um, maybe we're, we're spoiled for people that are super into their communities. I, I don't know. Maybe you go somewhere else and that's just like, dude, trying to get free product. Although, to be honest, I'm a little excited because the press, the press ganger has always got early access to the store at Lock and Load. Oh, okay. So now some of the sweet shit they're not going to have early access to, so it's just going to be everyone lining up Friday morning. Oh, getting there early? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that being a thing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not good that they're getting rid of the program, and I'm a little worried about where they're headed. This this seems like... Yeah, it's, it's a bit of deja vu. We don't want to see them crash and burn, because that benefits no one. No. Except maybe the you know future generation of companies like... I guess, but they don't exist yet, so fuck them. Or maybe they do, because again, Privateer Press existed just before the fall, right? Like, they were one of those companies on the cusp when G-Dub started going downhill. Yeah, uh, maybe this makes Hawk and Dark Age and, you know, whatever other game you like, Malifaux, uh, just take off. Maybe this is a good thing for those game systems. Maybe this kills Dystopian, like, who knows? Or maybe this gives Games Workshop the space to get those players back. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, Since they've been yeah having more of a presence for sure, that could, that could be the case. I I think you'll Age see of Sigmar is growing like crazy. You might see an exodus, right? So people just moving one system to another now again, possibly. Who knows? And you talk Steamroller uh, being a big draw for uh, uh, War Machine. The General's Handbook is a thing for uh, Age of Sigmar. Like they acknowledge. Tournament players exist. And within the next six months, three months, we're going to be getting a new General's Handbook. version. Not just General's Handbook, but there's that new version of Age of Sigmar, whatever the fuck it is. Really? There, did you not see that teaser trailer? Nope. There is going to be a new uh, f- like rule set addendum specifically for competitive play for Age of Sigmar. Hmm. Huh. I have not seen that. Really? 
that interests me that like a huge amount. I think that um, the fact they even would announce that shows how much they yeah it was yeah, we, between, we had it in our conversation between thread. Gamma and Adepticon I they really. I, I don't know if you're talking about the same thing that we're talking about, because they, they did announce, um, the what is it called, the Sh- Shadow War Armageddon and Shadespire yep. for, like, the, what is it, like, the Warhammer realm, or Underrealms or some fucking yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's Necromunda, and yeah. Mordheim is what I got from that. No, but one of those videos on the, on that I was looking at it, was talking about competitive gaming in the Age of Sigmar universe. So not okay, that, that one I missed. I don't think that is Shadespire or anything I like that. I think it might have been Shadespire. I think that's I don't know. Either way, so they're talking Maybe. about getting back into this. Yeah, General's this, Handbook or not. Yeah, whatever it is, they're they're getting back into that community, which is a part of it. Not everyone's that guy. A lot of people are into it. Oh, right? yeah, a huge amount, and a lot of people that aren't that guy read those blog posts and read those tournament players, and they're like, it comes down to like any sort of sport where people pay attention to the best athletes in that sport or the best yep. competitors, um, even though you're not that person you can still appreciate what they do. Right? Yep, and I absolutely. Think, I think that that's uh, a big deal for where GW may take those people or take those people leaving uh, Privateer Press. I don't know. Awkward pause. Awkward yeah. pause. Everybody's staring at Dan's screen. Are you yeah, because he's looking at Shadow Spire. I'm trying is... to look up the GW community site and figure out what they've actually sh- said about Shadespire, other than it's a new game system set in the Age of Sigmar universe with organized play elements. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nebulous for sure. I don't know if they've said anything since then. So. All right, so I guess we can all agree this is probably not the greatest thing we've ever heard. Yeah, I'm going to give Privateer Press zero pucks for this one because I have. Does we were all. Yet? We were yes. all. Uh, no, that's this week. This weekend coming up. So we'll know maybe more in a week what the fuck shades. Wait, Depticon hasn't yeah. happened. Depticon. No, no, it's this, this weekend. weekend. But anyways, really? all of us saw the fall of Games Workshop. Most of us were working for the company at the time. I was not. I left. Some of us may have caused it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> the people at this table caused the fall of Games Workshop. <laughs> no, but I feel like I caused the fall of Bits by Weight. <laughs> yeah, we all for sure did. 100%. The, yeah, the, the, Alberta, the Alberta concept of retirement bits orders may have been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you could ever possibly need for the rest of your gaming career, you just buy before you quit. It'll yeah. be fine. In pewter. Because <laughs> that's the cheapest way to get it. Anyways. For pennies on the dollar. So, we what do we got? Events coming up. Uh, events coming up. Uh, beginning of April, April 8th and 9th, is the Blood Diamond Chalice at Red Claw. It's a Blood Bowl event. Uh, it's $40. Uh, to sign up early, $45 after. They have a max of 24 spots for participants. Uh, really? Then, 24 yeah, spots? 24 spots. That's awesome. Uh, That's the, the Blood Bowl community is oh, uh, pretty significant. It's an they will under, underground community. Don't talk about Blood Bowl. That's first, first rule. rule of Blood Bowl. Okay. Uh, then everyone that I know that plays Blood Bowl has fucked that rule up. Because they will not <laughs> stop talking about Blood Bowl. Yeah, Barry. Kyle. Shut up. <laughs> Justin. Name drop. This is just a name drop episode. Yeah. Uh, April 28th uh, to 30th is GrotzCon at the Westerner Grounds in Red Deer. Uh, they've got Warm Hordes, 40k Guild Ball Infinity as their main headliners to uh, play and sign up for. And Edmonton, please, please, please come... Win the painting competition. Like, bring nice models for the painting competition because I don't want to do dumb things. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah there was your last Calgary episode. bring lots and lots of nice things. <laughs> hey, you're from Edmonton. You want to have Edmonton pride. But he wants to see. I want to see Tom do stupid things. No, but if we win, then Dallas does stupid things. Which is also funny. Yeah, it's more funny. Or if people from Ooh. neither major city win, then both people have to suffer. So if you're from Red Deer, you should maybe just paint good. <laughs> that would also Actually, be acceptable. Yeah, Red Deer, make everybody suffer. That would also be acceptable. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, then on May 6th, we have uh, Mayday, uh, miniatures, and board games in St. Albert. The full list of games that you can sign up for will be up soon. Uh, Sounds like there might be a drop zone event. Ooh. Most likely there'll be drop a drop zone. Or drop zone. Fleet. Zone. zone. I love the zone. <laughs> oh, the D zone? The D zone. I'm into that zone. <laughs> have you ever seen Tim and Eric Zone Theory? Yes. We're going to watch that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, and then at the release of this, uh, there's going to be some uh, drop zone uh, going on on March uh, 28th, or sorry, 26th uh, at Red Claw. Um, and then. At Red Claw or Mission? Sorry, at Mission. Mission. Oh Mission would be a better place to go. If you go to Red Claw, you've got a long drive still. Yes, you keep you going, jump back on the Henday, soon north. Go northwest of there. So for the yes. record, drop zone, mission, mission fun, fun games. Mission game, so. 1,500 points, and likely four of us are going to be there. I'll be there, 100%. There you go. And then uh, the Slow Grow League, like we mentioned earlier, April 2nd, uh, it's going to be 750 points. <sighs> I don't know if I have stuff painted. You don't have to. I know, but that's not acceptable. Do better, Steve. Do better. So uh, panel liner. I also, need some fucking panel liner. Also, uh, just so you're uh, aware, um, that uh, participation is five dollars per person uh, for. Oh, I can't. All but the it games. goes to store credit. It goes to store credit. So, so you can you, spend it on a blister if you want, or you I can buy some snacks afford. that day. Ooh, snacks! There you go. <laughs> yeah, so. but and it it accrues over time, right? So I've got ten bucks in now, and my plan is whenever I have enough money to buy like a new thing off the wall. I'll just do that, right? It's a mission. Awesome. You could buy your urban mech. They have Battletech there. <gasps> Fuck off. <laughs> Let's keep going. And that's all I have. <laughs> oh, God damn it. April that's 2nd a terrible way to end the podcast. Escalation. That's what I said. Yeah, urban mech. Urban mech. More important. Urban mech. When can I get a Flashman? <laughs> Is it a Flashman? I'll give you one right yeah. now. No, I don't want. No, 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 no. I want the. Pl- and do I? No, I don't want the plastic <laughs> version. I want I, the I BattleTech Flashman. Is what I can I get you. A, I can get you one based off some like fan art through Alex. Love it. <laughs> do <laughs> I? Do I love that? I want one. <laughs> is this okay, Alex? We're getting fucking Flash. Help me. Call the police. I don't think so. He's like gonna, he's trapped in the basement. Clearly, yo, he should start considering that we're basically a, a BattleTech podcast now. Like, no, <laughs> no, no. Can we no, quickly no, talk no. about like I don't know the Harlequin? This faction? has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. As always, I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. Mike. I'm Steve. And we're now a BattleTech podcast. No. It's done. No, we're not. No, we're not. I, I hope we're not. What's that? The best part is he gets to edit where that is. Mike.